Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko, here with you today. We do invite your calls. If you are listening on Saturday, the live call-in number is 631-955-5400. That's 631-955-5400. And you can, at any time in the week, text your questions at 516-367-0391. We put together programs based on your questions, and so you can text your questions anytime. Do it to Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Well, when Pastor Ben Miller of Trinity Church, Syosset, Long Island, recommends a book, I know that I should get it and read it. The books Pastor Ben recommends are always worth my money and my time, and they get me thinking in ways that I need to think. So when Pastor Ben recommended the book Disruptive Witness to the congregation he pastors and mentioned it several times, I ordered it, and when I got it, I didn't just read it, I devoured it, and I knew that I needed to feature it on Ministry Month at a visit to the pastor's study. It's perfect for today's topic, Ministry in a Secular Age. Disruptive Witness by Dr. Alan Noble is subtitled Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age. The book is divided into two parts. The first is an introduction to the late Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor's monumental work, A Secular Age, under the title A Distracted Secular Age. There are three chapters. Number one, The Barrier of Endless Distraction. Number two, the barrier of the buffered self, using a phrase coined by Charles Taylor. Buffered self describes a, a modern mindset and a heart set in which people devise ways to insulate themselves from the influences of a God who's above us and who is meant to be involved in our lives. And number three in that section, searching for visions of fullness. It's using another term that's common in Charles Taylor's work. Fullness refers to the ways people try to find significance, meaning, and value in ways that are truly satisfying. Well, as he wraps up part one of Disruptive Witness, Dr. Noble gives three major takeaways, as he puts it, from those rich 70 pages of his book, and particularly from the chapter Searching for Visions of Fullness. Number one, according to Dr. Noble, we have an obligation to examine ourselves and to see how we may unknowingly find our meaning and our justification in secular visions of fullness rather than in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Second, our response to a distracted secular age must not, according to Dr. Noble, be a retreat into what is often called authentic individualism. We shouldn't, in other words, be looking inward to find fullness. We must turn outward to God. And three, and this is critically important, to bear witness to our faith in the secular age, uh, 
we need to understand how those around us try to find meaning and justification through secular visions of fullness and then seek to understand how those visions never truly satisfy. Then we must both display and offer alternatives that aren't just another preference, but instead are the realities that flow from the ultimate reality, God himself. Well, Part two of uh, Dr. Noble's book brings all of this, <laughs> I can put it this way, down to earth <laughs> under the heading, Bearing a Disruptive Witness, and doing that by way of personal habits, church practices, and cultural participation. Dr. Noble concludes this challenging overview by telling Christians that, quote, our calling is not to invent allusions to God in our lives, that is, references to God in our lives, but to reveal and affirm the ones that are already necessarily there. Now, we're going to come back to that statement later in the program. The author of Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age, published by IVP Books, was to be my guest on today's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, and we were looking forward to drawing him out about all of these things, and especially what Dr. Noble means by the phrase disruptive witness. But at least at this point, we've been able to establish contact with Dr. Noble. We're going to continue with the program. Let me tell you a little bit more about him, though. Dr. Alan Noble received his Ph.D. from Baylor University. He's an assistant professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University. He's also co-founder and editor-in-chief of Christ and Pop Culture. Now, don't look for the book you're going to check out the website, Christ and Pop Culture. Dr. Noble's writings have appeared in Christian publications, such as Christianity Today, First Things, and Modern Reformation, and also in secular outlets like The Atlantic, BuzzFeed, and Vox. And with good reason, his book, Disruptive Witness, won the World Magazine Accessible Theology Award in 2018, and in just a moment, we're going to little, learn a little bit more about how that book can help you be a better witness for Christ in our secular age. So today, looks like we'll have more time for your questions on the phone. Perhaps you've read Disruptive Witness and would like to add your comments to it or you have questions about it. But if you would like to call on Saturday, if you're listening then, you can call the studio and be live on the program, 631 955 5400 or you can text your questions at any time in the week, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill. Text your questions at any time, 516-367-0391. Well, we're going to take a look at the book Disruptive Witness and particularly oh, a little bit more about the things that cause the writing of it and what you can learn about being a witness in the secular age. But first of all, we're going to have this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. We had hoped to have Dr. Alan Noble with us on the program today. His outstanding book, Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age, is our foil, if you will, to talk with you in this ministry month about ministry in a secular culture. Uh, but let's take a little bit of time, since Dr. Noble isn't available, let's take a little bit of time and, and go with me through some of the first part of the book, and then in our counsel from the pastor's study, and we'll talk a little bit more about the very specific applications that he makes to how we can be disruptive witnesses. And you'll find out more of what that means in a moment. In the first section of the book, uh, Dr. Noble deals with the barrier of endless distraction, and I want to take a little bit of time with that one. We live in a culture, as you know, that is bombarded by all forms of communication. You can't pump gas anymore without having the weather report or sports updates. You're in a shopping line checking out, and you have recipes that are given to you. Music is all around us. And the point that Dr. Noble makes in the first chapter of his book, in the first section of his book, is that this endless distraction keeps people away from thinking about ultimate and more important issues. In his section, Where Is My Mind?, he talks about the fact that on the one hand, there is what he calls a disenchantment. And people think in terms of only what is in front of them. If you're in the IT field, you think in terms of binary code and algorithms and data. And as a result, we get disenchanted, the world of majestic things, a world of the supernatural, a world of miracle is, is pretty much ruled out by our technology. And in a section, Where Is My Mind?, Dr. Noble says the distracted age has three major effects on our ability to communicate about matters of faith and ultimate meaning. These are the challenges that we face. Number one, it's easier to ignore contradictions and flaws in our basic beliefs. What does that mean? Well, the basic beliefs that people have are their religious presuppositions, the floorboards on which they walk. And in a less distracted age, people think about these things, and they raise questions and issues and concerns. We do that as Christians, and non-Christians would do that as well. People don't today. They just accept what is given to them. And I'm only being uh, partially facetious when people say today, well, I want to have an open mind. 
And I say, well, the only thing that's truly open is a garbage can. All this stuff comes in, and there's no differentiating in those things, no sifting, no assessing of things. And as a result, when we deal with the challenges of the Christian faith, which are massive and and full of difficult issues, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility, uh, the the, the role of, of human action and culture, under the sovereign rule of the Lord Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords, judgment and mercy. Those are things we wrestle with and ought to wrestle with, but in a distracted age, the mind simply doesn't deal with these. And then number two, according to Dr. Noble, the distracted age has this second effect. We are less likely to devote time to introspection. And though that's interesting, because he will make the point later on that we are to look outward in order to find a gratification for our deepest desires. But what causes us to look outward is looking inward. And we begin to deal with some of the very painful issues of life. Death, tragedy, life-threatening illnesses, accidents, All of those things that come, that challenge us, that make us think, that make us wonder. And yet it's so interesting that in our technological society, even some of the massive social issues that we face, famine, immigration crises, earthquakes, fires, they are things that we see, we are affected by them for a moment, and then we are on to something else. Well, that leads to a mindset that is not in a healthy way introspective. And then number three, as uh, Dr. Noble puts it, the, of the major effects in a distracted age on our ability to communicate about matters of faith and ultimate meaning, conversations about faith can easily be perceived as just another exercise in superficial identity formation. What does he mean by that? Think with me on this one. Our culture today is very much a culture in which its trinity is me, myself, and I. Self magazine is in a real sense the metaphor for our culture. But so also are selfies and social media in which we can post some of the most empty things and yet make them feel like to ourselves and we hope to others they're of major significance. What, what is all of this about? Identity formation. I want to make my identity in the world and show it in the world and in a world in which there is incessant competition for identity. Well, the point here that brings us this challenge is we can easily fall into that trap. As Christians, rather than talk about the big issues, and again, our distracted age doesn't want us to talk about the big issues. I believe we have Dr. Noble on the phone, am I right, Mr. Engineer? Dr. Noble, good, yes. to have, good to have you with us today. Thank you. I apologize for being tardy. Well, that's all right, Dr. Noble. I filled in. I've given people a rich introduction to the book. Thank you so much for being our guest on the program. We're going to dive in. How did you come to write Disruptive Witness? So uh, I was have been a big fan of Francis Schaeffer since I was first introduced to him. as a homeschooler, uh, about 14, and... Um, 
you know, his model of evangelism was fascinating to me because he started these um, places, these centers called uh, Labri, uh, where people of all kinds of faiths and lack of faith would come to get answers to life's big questions. So, you know, Buddhists would come and hippies would come. This was the 70s and 60s. And, and uh, That's my generation, Dr. Noble. I know all about it, but I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, glad you're filling yeah. people in on it. That's great. <laughs> That's right. It's a, you know, a, a remarkable, remarkable thing he had going, because people were hungry for answers. And they would come to him, and they would they would stay for days, weeks at a time, and just sort of you know ask life's big questions. And so I was reflecting on this a couple of years ago, and I asked myself, well, could I do this today? And in fact, there are still Labris today. Um, but I asked, you know, would this work today? And and my sort of instinct was to say, I don't I don't think it would have the same impact. And so I asked why, and, and that sort of started me down this road, thinking about, you know, why is it that there? It's not that people don't have these questions anymore, but I do think that there's been a shift in our culture so that it's a lot easier for people to not uh, engage those questions, to to stifle those questions, to push them aside, and to live, you know, uh, distracted lives. And so that, you know, basically started me wondering, okay, well, what could we do different? And Okay, so what, can we, so what can we do different? And that's going to get us into that fascinating title, Disruptive Witness. What do you mean by that? So my fear is that a lot of people, um, as I said earlier, they still have these, these a need to have life's big questions answered. Who am I? Why do I exist? What is the meaning of life? Everyone still has these questions, but I fear that our society has become uh, extremely adapted to assisting people in uh, ignoring those questions. Often, uh, an experience that people have when they don't have answers to things like, what is the purpose of my life, we experience a sense of dread or anxiety. And this is almost, I mean, it's a perfectly rational and reasonable and maybe even natural response to not knowing why you exist. Um, But our society is really good at helping us avoid that anxiety and that dread. And um, to sort of just moving us along to the next thing, distracting us with technology or with work or with entertainment or news or whatever it is, so that we can be numb to all this. So I think part of the challenge for contemporary Christians is sort of puncturing that 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 barrier of distraction and, and also secularism, which plays a major factor in this, so that um, people are awoken to these questions, awoken for their need to have these questions resolved, um, and to take uh, those questions seriously. And that's that's sort of the thesis. Okay, so how do you do it? <laughs> that's the big. Yeah, yeah, that's you, the big question. I, I just got. I don't want to take time away from you, but what I think of Doctor Noble is funeral practices. It used to be uh-huh. that was an opportunity a minister could engage people about the most important issue of life: how you prepare for the life to come. Now people can go to drive-in areas to see the casket for twenty seconds and the body and go on. It, it's yeah. almost an emblem of what you're talking about. But but talk to us. How, how do you how do you break into the numbness? Yeah. 
So um, this is the challenging part of the book. And it was challenging not because there aren't ways to do it, but because there are almost a limitless number of ways. Uh, essentially what I'm advocating people do is find opportunities to do, uh, to push back in two directions. The, the first is against technology of distraction, which means inviting people that you're witnessing to or evangelizing or just, you know, friends with whatever it might be, inviting them to be contemplative, to think about the things that you're talking about, to, to think about uh, death, for example. Uh, I mean, historically, uh, Christians have always said, you know, remember your death and, and you know, also remember your baptism. I mean, because an awareness that this life is going to end helps us take into account, you know, the seriousness of today and the yeah. time that we have, and it's valuable. So pushing back, and that can practically, that can mean, you know, if, if I take a friend to lunch and, you know, I bring up some, some issues that are important to me, or I bring up some questions, or I challenge him on some ideas, it might just mean, is, it might be as simple as saying, um, you know, would you spend some time thinking about this this week? You know, I mean, I mean, really thinking about it, not just, you know, Google searching for answers to the questions I've just posed, but, but you know, just on your own, just reflect on it. See, you know, see what you think. Um, because I think our society doesn't have an expectation that we will take these questions seriously and we'll stop and actually contemplate them. Instead, our default is to say, so for example, if, if I said to my friend, I actually believe in a literal resurrection, and uh, that has implications for all of my life, and he might say, mm, you know, I, I'm, I'm skeptical that it happened. And, and so I might say, well, you know, just consider if the resurrection is true, how would that change your life? And I'm, I'm, I think that our society disposes us to, uh, for my friend, to immediately go to Google and look up all the reasons why, uh, you know, skeptics say the resurrection didn't happen, right? We, we want quick answers, not contemplation. So that's, that's the first half, is I look for opportunities to push back, to sit in environments where, where I can have serious conversations without the distraction of telephones, or cell phones or TV screens like most restaurants seem to have now, um, going for walks with people, inviting them to book clubs, those sorts of things. The other issue that the book discusses is the effects of, of secularism, which tends to uh, flatten out all belief into a kind of consumer preference. So some people are Christians, some are Muslims, some are atheists, and really... Um, all of it is just, you know, whatever seems to, you know, work for you. And, um, and uh, so puncturing, and, and, and what goes along with that is that uh, people have a very difficult time accepting the very idea that there could be a transcendent God. Uh, we're perfectly fine accepting the idea that, that Christianity is a really good lifestyle for some people, um, just like CrossFit is a good lifestyle for some people, and, you know, dieting and, you know, whatever it might be. But it's harder for people to accept that a transcendent and imminent God really exists and loves us and died on the cross for us. Yep. And so the other thing I think we have to puncture is that assumption. We have to slow down and do not assume that when we share the gospel and we talk about God and we talk about the resurrection, that people are actually 
conceiving of something um, happening in real space and time where the actual God of the universe of existence, you know, came down, died for us, and rose again. Um, I don't think that's how most people um, think through those things. So just, um, you know, reframing the way we talk about things, that can, that can help awaken people to their, to their assumptions. Dr. Noble, we, uh, we're, here's what we're going to do. Next week, whether you can join us or not, although I hope you can, we're going to continue this because we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what we're dealing with about ministry in a, in a distracted and secular yeah. age. But we'll be in communication about this. And Dr. Noble, mention, mention your website real quickly. Uh, com is the website where you can uh, check out the book and find links to other things I'm involved in. And also your other website about Christ and culture. Yeah, com. yes. Excellent. Yeah, where Great. we engage. But thanks so much, Dr. Noble. I appreciate my thanks to Dr. Alan Noble for being my guest on a visit to the pastor's study. We're going to work to get him back on. Hey, thank you for listening. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past visit to the pastor's study programs on sermonaudio.com. That's all one word. Or on our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Also, like us on Facebook and follow Follow us on Facebook and share the program and the weekly pastor's post with others. I appreciate your feedback, your questions. You can email me, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, or call my study, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday's the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.